0: On episode 242 of the Jeep Talk Show, we'll share a feel-good Jeep story that'll give you the warm fuzzies. And later in the show, I'll review the Blue Ridge Overland Gear Seatback Panel.
1: We'll play your voicemails and read your reviews live on the
2: air. And Tammy's going to teach us about aiming your headlights. I'm back in the saddle, guys. going to be talking about some electrical tech and how not to make your connections. Tony's going to be talking cable. Tammy's going to be talking lights. And we're all going to be talking about some big news coming up on this week's Jeep Talk Show.
3: To a 4x4, 4x4 Radio Network podcast.
4: I feel a short.
3: Are you ready?
1: It's the G Talk show. show. With Tammy on Wrangler, <laughs> you Josh on Cherokee. So sit back, strap <laughs> in,
5: and brace <laughs> yourself. <laughs> First week in Jeep.
2: Well, hey guys, after a week off and uh, a whole lot of negativity, I thought we'd be uh, all set for a feel-good Jeep story, so let's get into it. You guys have undoubtedly heard the name Extreme Terrain. Well, they've recently partnered up, partnered up with the Southern Delaware Jeep Club in order to honor one of their members, a police officer, Chris Dorman, who was severely wounded in the line of duty. He was shot seven times after being dispatched on June 24th, 2016 to investigate a report. Chris joined a Jeep club to get out with other Jeepers close to where he vacations and fishes, and he takes a Jeep out on the trails and the beach as often as he can when not in uniform. It was clear that the fastest way to Chris to lift Chris's spirits after his injuries and bring back some fun into his summer would be, well, through his Jeep. The local Jeep club wanted to do a couple things to help out while Chris was recovering, but Extreme Terrain was excited to step in and, well, take it to the next level. With only a few weeks left before Southern Delaware's Jeep club's huge beach party, they had to work fast the help of Chris's dad, using the excuse of taking the Jeep to the shop for some routine maintenance, they would use that as the perfect opportunity to get the overhaul done and unveil the Jeep in front of his fellow club members. Extreme Terrain and Southern Delaware Jeep Club worked with local police and fire departments to deliver the 2012 Wrangler with a police and fire escort to the Extreme Terrain headquarters for the insane round of mods. The install list was long but after a few weeks of working around the clock, they completely transformed the Jeep with nearly $25,000 worth of parts. They put in a TerraFlex 4-inch lift kit with new shocks, new front and rear bumpers, ruby rails, rock sliders, and a 12K winch with synthetic rope, all from Barricade. The axles were regeared with G2-488s to make up for the new 32-1250-17 Nito Trail Grapplers, which were wrapped around new Black Mammoth 17 by 9 inch folded beadlock wheels. A Flowmaster catback exhaust system was also put in to Helped the brand new fully intercooled RIP supercharger breathe some extra ponies through the motor. A slant back Best Top Trex Top NX and a whole bunch of new Raxium LED off road lighting added some serious attitude to the looks. After weeks of being separated from his Jeep while he was all healing up the whole time, thinking it was in the shop for some routine maintenance, it was finally time to reunite Chris with his transformed JK. Extreme Terrain headed down to Southern Delaware Jeep Club Summer Beach Bash in Bowers Beach, Delaware to surprise Chris with his new Jeep in front of his club, family, friends, and a few fellow police officers. Needless to say, Chris was surprised with the ultimate two-door Jeep, ready for any terrain. You guys would like to check out a video of the build and a link uh, to the video of the, re- the massive reveal. Guys, this is a very touching and emotional video. I highly recommend you check it out. We will have the link to that on our show notes over at jeeptalkshow.com. I want to say thank you to all of you guys who help out each and every week by submitting stories for this week in Jeep, giving us tips on stories you think we should be reporting on, and, of course, if you guys have a story that you should think we should be reporting on or you have a response to any one of our stories, please send an email to at com.
0: That is so awesome what they did for him.
1: Yeah, I love seeing that, especially yeah. with uh, a lot of the negativity uh, going on these days with our uh, police officers. Right.
2: Yeah, that he's been a part of that community for years, I guess, and he's been an avid Jeeper for many years as well. And this is his second Jeep, and I guess, according to his dad, it's his baby, it's his pride and joy. He spends every moment that he can uh, tinkering on it and detailing it and working on it and all that sort of stuff. So uh, the local Jeep club and and of course uh, Extreme Terrain really saw the opportunity and uh, and gave back to a guy who's already given so much to his community.
1: So I have to figure that the worst thing about being a police officer in a Jeep club is all the cop questions. <laughs> hey man, if I'm doing <laughs> 75 miles an hour and this asshole won't get out of the fast
2: lane, can I just bump him? Is that okay? <laughs> <laughs> all the uh all the questions. So if if my bumper's this high, am I going to get pulled over? What yeah, about these tires? Yeah, Are yeah. they if they stick out past the fender well, I'm sure he gets just bombarded.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, well, his Front and rear bumper and his rock sliders, I think, are the exact same ones I have. Oh
1: wow! Right on. Yeah. yeah. Well, that makes sense because you you got yours from Extreme uh, Terrain yep. as well. Yeah, and it's
0: all barricade stuff.
2: Barricade mm-hmm. stuff too. Yeah,
0: good and, stuff. And
1: it's good quality uh, things, isn't it? Oh yeah, uh, Tammy?
0: Definitely. I I think it is.
1: So have they contacted you about a winch to go in that uh, that w- that front bumper?
0: No, no, no. <sighs> they know I'm. They know that I'm never going to get stuck.
1: Oh, there's a confidence. There's going to be a video coming up very soon of her being stuck because of Murphy's Law. Eating my Uh, words. Because
2: you said it. Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly.
0: (laughs) Hey, folks, you know, please take a moment and take the Jeep Talk Show survey. We want to know more about you. It's just a gender, age, sex thing. And no yes for sex (laughs) isn't an option. Just go to. Jeeptalkshow.com slash survey. <laughs> why are you laughing at me?
2: I'm laughing at Josh.
1: He's, uh, he's, he's like,
0: because oh. I
2: got some facial expressions that, oh, that I'm sure match exactly. what you're thinking, Tammy. So yeah.
0: <laughs> you can also find the link in the Jeep Talk Show notes.
2: Yeah. If you
1: guys don't know, I wrote that. Tammy's just reading it. Shocking. And, and Josh knows it, I'm sure. And that's why he's <laughs> making the face. <laughs> that's great. Good times.
3: Hey,
6: folks! I'm Clyde, and this is Tommy. From the Runhouse. House! You're listening to the Jeep Talk Show. Cheers! You've heard of Jeep Hair Don't Care, right? Well, I'm here talking with people who do. Care, that is. Welcome to Jeep Hair. We care. I am here with one of my favorite people on the planet, somebody I'm very proud to know and call family, my father-in-law, Pete Patrick a former maintenance sergeant on B-52s for the United States Air Force. Pete, what do you care about?
7: Well, I care about the veterans in this country, particularly the disabled veterans. I'm a volunteer driver, and I take them from a clinic in Athens, Georgia, over to hospital appointments in Augusta, Georgia. We wait there for them till their appointments are over, and then we drive them back to Athens to their homes.
4: That's
6: really great. Hey, Thanks for watching Jeep Hair We Care. Here's some more information.
1: You're listening to Jeep Talk Show, the number one Jeep podcast. At eh, my mom's house.
3: You're listening to a 4x4, 4x4 Radio Network Podcast.
2: Oh, yes, you are. And the Jeep Talk Show is a very proud member of the 4x4 Radio Network. All you have to do is visit 4x4radionetwork.com to learn more about the 4x4 Podcast, Center Steer Podcast, and the Trail Chasers Podcast. We're adding more all the time, guys. And of course, all those shows are adding new content all the time as well. It's your one-stop shop for everything off-road podcast related. It's the 4x4 Radio Network. Once again, 4x4radionetwork.com.
6: Shut up and listen. Shut up. So shut up. You don't shut up. Nah, shut up, see. Hey. <laughs> shut up and listen. It's time for Wrangler talk. It's time for G
0: Mama. Hey folks, last week I told you about how I finally installed my new LED headlights. And it was a pretty quick and easy install. They were the Oxbeam 7-inch 60-watt round high low beam, high low beam headlights with atmosphere function. And wow, what a difference that makes. So now I just need to make sure they are adjusted properly. Improperly adjusted headlights can make driving difficult and potentially dangerous, not to mention aggravating other drivers. So correct headlight aiming can make an unbelievable difference in your driving experience. There's a link on my blog post at www.jeepmammammama.com. So, the link is how to properly aim your headlights. Now, note on the blog post, the pictures you see, my Jeep is sitting at a slant because my driveway um, is um, inclined. So, anyway, they're, it's difficult to tell whether they're properly aligned or not because my Jeep is not sitting flat. So, now, since I've installed them, I haven't even driven at night, so I'm not really sure... Um, how they're going to affect other drivers. So I need to make some adjustments for proper aim. So initially, I was tightening the screws on the chrome bezel. There's four screws, and I was tightening the bottom ones to kind of turn it to aiming down. But while searching on the Internet for proper headlight adjustment, I found out there's another way to adjust the headlights on the Jeep Wrangler. Pedan Four Wheel Drive shared a video on YouTube about the adjustment screws. You can find the link on my blog and see some of the pictures. First, there's a torque screw in the plastic headlight housing unit that you turn for the vertical adjustment. Also, they said in this housing unit in the inner ring is a hex bolt that you turn for horizontal adjustment. The hex bolt is on the side of the housing unit closest to the Wrangler's grille. The torque screw is on the opposite side. Now, after posting my blog post, someone tonight just posted on my page that that hex bolt you turn for horizontal adjustment is only in the J case that are made overseas. How true that is, I'm not sure because I haven't been able to get into my headlight housing unit to adjust my headlights quite yet. So I'm not sure if that hex bolt is there. So if there's anything you'd like to add, any comments you'd like to make, I'd love to hear from you. I love learning new things about my Jeep. And there's so much information out there that I'm ready to soak it all in. So just email me at info at jeeptalkshow.com and use the subject line Wrangler Talk.
1: You know, Tammy, I just got to say, um, it's really easy, I think, for for many of us to um, sit back and think, uh, oh, yeah, you do this, you do that. It's not that big a deal to do. Um, the The hard thing, I think, for anybody to do, especially when they're new to the Jeep hobby like you are, is make yourself get out there and figure out how things work. Make a lot of um, uh, what seem to be stupid mistakes whenever you figure out how it's done. Right. And what's even harder is to talk about the stupid mistakes that you made because right. because you internalize everybody does internalizes that stupidity. Like, oh, that was so stupid. I should have I should have known better than that. But of course, you're learning and you don't know. So for you to come on here and tell us about these things. Uh, and the mistake that you make, I think, is uh, says a lot about your character. And I just want to tell you, I really appreciate that because that's one of the reasons why we wanted you on here is because you're new and you're going to look at these things that are brand new. Uh, with I mean, with brand new, not brand new eyes, and you're going to be telling people, "Oh, I thought it was this," because they're probably going to think the same thing. So, anyway, right. thank you very much for having the courage to come on here and do all that for us. Well, thank you. Josh is speechless.
0: I've blown away.
1: I did. <laughs> <laughs> kind words from Tony. I, <laughs>
0: <laughs> Who are you? and
2: What have you done with my co-host?
1: Yeah, we're running such a t- tight show. Josh thought. Well, there's he's going to be playing something here in just a second. I, I don't want. We're on
2: point with all the drops today. I
1: don't want to so like, start right, talking because he'll play Keep it over <laughs> me. He'll play it over me. I know how he is. <laughs> all right. Let's see.
2: Where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show?
3: What are you talking about,
6: man?
2: Where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show? I got no idea what the heck. Where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at?
6: Get out, thank yo!
2: Hey, where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? Underwater! Hey, where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? In the bubble bath. Where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? No clue. And where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? While flexing on stumps. Where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? Where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? I would assume on the radio. The Jeep Talk Show. Available on iTunes and at jeeptalkshow.com
1: all right, so you rat bastards haven't been calling in to give us uh, any idea where you listen to the Jeep Talk Show. So that's fine. Josh has actually gone out and stuck the microphone in lots of people's faces.
2: Oh, yeah. the Restraining <laughs> orders have been coming oh, yeah. left and right, let me tell you. Uh, now, I actually had a big Jeep show here a couple weeks back, and uh, I definitely was able to get out there in front of some people and, and get some more audio. Now, I haven't had a chance to go through it yet. I've, I've been real busy with a lot of stuff. Um, so I don't know how much of it is usable again, either, you know, music playing and, and vehicles driving by and and all that sort of stuff. So we'll see how much of it I can actually use, but That's not the end of it. No, I'll be uh, definitely be getting out there more and more and be getting that microphone in front of you guys and uh, finding out where you listen to the Jeep Talk Show. In the meantime, please call in and let us know, guys. All you got to do is dial that number, 530-675-4102. Leave us a message on our 24-7 voicemail line and let us know where you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at. So I'm not
1: going to say who and I'm not going to say when, but if you hear a knock at the door, it may be Josh ready to stick a microphone in your face. And say, Dude, it's
3: three o'clock in the morning, man. Where do you listen
1: to the Jeep talk show? I'm done. And it's not I'm a threat. All
2: chipper, bright eyed, bushy tailed. <laughs>
1: Come on, man. Bye. I, need that, I need that audio <laughs> bite. <laughs> Hi, you gonna eat coffee? I'm, I'm almost out. Uh, <laughs> but so, so, do yourself a favor and call in 530 675 4102 and let us know where you listen to the Jeep talk show. All right. Well, we had as much fun as we can have with that. So anyway, uh, let's get over to reviews. Love reviews.
2: Yeah, we uh, have, uh, well, this, what, what it's been since July, since we've gotten any reviews yeah. from iTunes. What's going on with that, my iTunes brethren? Look, guys, uh, it's really easy. Just head over. Give us a five-star review and leave a comment, even if it's just saying, nice show. Two words. How long does it take to type that? So really easy, guys. Hook us up with a couple reviews from iTunes. We would love to hear from you. We do have one here coming out from Twitter. The Twitterverse has been blowing up lately. And Noah McIntosh, at JeepGuy7, has hooked us up. He says, at Jeep Talk Show is the best talk show around. Exclamation point. Couldn't agree more.
1: You know, I just have- realized that he didn't say Jeep Talk Show around. That's the best talk show. So that means Kimmel, uh, who's that That's dork right. on, uh, on Channel 2, uh, I mean, on, on NBC. Uh, so all those, all those. Certainly not Johnny Carson. He must be mean current talk shows.
2: Yeah, I think so.
0: Yeah, that's the ticket. Um, <laughs> Georgia Jeep Girl at Jeep Girl Crawl. At Jeep Talk Show, thanks for the follow. High five, high five, or wave, wave. That's heart, Yeah, I got heart, two heart. Jeep
1: waves and three hearts yeah. right there, it looks yeah. like. Yeah, we we love following people on Twitter. So uh, just go over there to, and look for us at uh, Jeep Talk Show, and uh, we will follow you, and we will bombard you with all kinds of things having to do with the show. You will You would be sad that you were missing all of it. Uh, That's how much we're going to be bombarding you with.
2: Now, Tony, uh, people can leave us reviews on iTunes and, of course, Twitter, but they can also leave us comments through our Facebook, can they not?
1: Wasn't that wild? Well, you don't know. You don't really look at Facebook. Uh, yeah, I thought it was pretty wild because I saw a little review section pop up there in Facebook. Facebook making changes, trying to remain relevant, and uh, doing a pretty good job, at least in the, this, my estimate, for the, uh, for the reviews. Uh, yeah, we've gotten several five-star reviews over there. Uh, I think like five or six. It hasn't been up that long. But we got one here recently from, uh, ooh, I'm going to call him Ryan L. And he says, just came across your podcast. Huge fan already. Keep up the great work. Uh, and then I, I asked this, how did you find us? He says, I was just curious if there were any popular Jeep podcast looking for something new at work. You can only listen to the same music for so long before it needs a break and came across you guys first saw that it had five stars and gave it a shot. I can't get enough. Been listening to them all night. I wow. mean, my goodness. Woo. That's just amazing. Thank you very much uh, for taking the time to uh, give us that review. And uh, it it really helps us. I I think I even commented to somebody here recently that Josh and I, uh, before Tammy had joined us, uh, Josh and I were listening to the show, doing the show every week and listening to it and thinking, you know, this just sounds, this show is just better than 60 downloads a week. (laughs) I think we're better than this. We need advertising or something. So, uh, having these reviews means so much to all of us here because even though we have a lot of fun doing this show it's a weekly thing and we all could be watching television or spending time with the family uh, josh could be in, in front of the ac unit uh, but we nice. we all take yeah we all take our time to come here and do this show and we really appreciate you guys taking the time to let us know what you think of it
2: all right, well, we've got one more there. Josh. Oh yeah, we do. Uh, Rob Go Venture uh, he reviewed our the Jeep Talk Show. Give us a five star rating, and he did this on August fourteenth. He said, "I've listened for over a year now. I have to say, the show gets better and better. I love the live call in shows. It was the missing piece. If I may suggest, let's do a show about how Jeepers use their Jeeps for adventure and the details of their adventures. Maybe it will inspire more Jeepers to disconnect from their day to day lives and go out and get some adventures in their lives." Keep on doing your thing. The show is great. Thanks a lot. And thank you, Rob. Rev, definitely appreciate that. And uh, guys, you can get on Facebook or the Twitterverse or pretty much anywhere you can find the Jeep Talk Show and leave us a review. We love hearing your guys' feedback, and we always read it on the show. Yep, yep. Well, all we have
1: to do is see it. Uh, so make sure we see it, get a response. Uh, you can even say, hey, you're going to use this on the show. That'll, that'll help us uh, there you go. Uh, get it in the show notes. Uh, we, we love the reviews, even the bad ones. So we're more than happy to share the bad ones.
3: That's
2: right. You got tech questions? Uh, what do I have? We have answers. Oh, that's good. because I I... It's Tech Talk with Jeep Talk. So this week, I had a 1993 Cherokee Sport in my garage. A buddy had just purchased it as a first vehicle for his daughter. Interesting story behind all that, but we'll save that for sometime around the campfire one of these days. Anyways, the Jeep has high miles, an AP 231, Chrysler 8 and a quarter rear, and the previous owner had put a three-inch lift kit on it at some point. My buddy had just put on a set of brand new 311050 Goodyear Duratrax and gave it a good detail. It was leaking oil from all the usual suspects, the rear main seal, oil pan, valve cover, oil filter, adapter o-rings, you've got it. But aside from that, it was a strong motor. Pulled hard and idled smooth. Can't ask for much more, really. It did have a buggy neutral safety switch, so there was a time where the shifter had to be jiggled to get it to start, but aside from that easy fix and the leaks, this was a very clean, older XJ. With one exception. Someone, in their infinite wisdom, had decided to rewire or lengthen or, uh, I don't know, something to the O2 sensor. They had used a hacked-up trailer harness as their patch, and, oh, there were crimp connectors, but the wires, not even twisted, were merely shoved into the ends and then secured using what must have been the ugliest rat nest of electrical tape you've ever seen. Not a single connection, and I'm using that term loosely here, was actually crimped. Well, that's not all, folks. Act now, and you'll also get this nightmare wiring job ran right through your motor mount. No, in all seriousness, they had not only ran the wires through the motor mount, but also routed them in the only logical means that a master technician of this ilk would do, wrapped right around the intake manifold as well. From there, it was another mess of non-crimped butt connectors barely holding on to the shielding of the wires by a loose spaghetti plate of dried-out electrical tape. Did I mention that the wire connections didn't match from one end to the other either? That's right. Not only did they violate just about every wiring rule there is, they didn't even get the connections right. He said something about the previous owner having a hard time getting the vehicle registered since it wouldn't pass DEQ, smog, whatever, those tests half the time. And gee, I wonder why. (laughs) So the moral of the story here, boys and girls, is electrical work on your Jeep or any vehicle should always be left to a professional. Now, if you have a genuine understanding of mobile electronics and how things should be done, Well, then by all means, install your own winch, hook up your own lights, add a funky horn, go sick. Just make sure you know what you're doing. Or at least have someone there who does to supervise. The gang talked a little bit last week in in a great attempt to worry the living you-know-what out of Tammy in regards to her own recent electrical projects. Those stories of wires going up in smoke are very real, people, and I speak from experience. But I always say, common sense goes a long way. So it should go without saying The example I'm giving you today is just one of the many ways that you can do even the simplest of wiring jobs wrong. Even even if you think that you know what you're doing, guys, it just goes to show, sometimes you don't. So, to help anyone out there who's going to go over, we're going to go over some of the basics of making proper electrical connections. First, guys, you never want to strip the wire too much. Typically less than a quarter inch is all you need. I always twist my exposed wire up nice and tight. This makes it easier to insert into a connector and ensures that the crimp gets a good bite, on as much of a cross-section of the wire as possible. And speaking of that crimp, it should be done using a crimp tool. A pair of pliers is not a su- suitable substitute. I don't care how big they are. All that does is pinch the wire, and it could be pulled out from the connector, with very little force, I might add. A vice does the same thing. Dykes are just going to cut it and, and into it, and Cletus, I swear, if you don't put that hammer away... Okay. Uh, you can get a good crimp tool at your local hardware store, and if it has a bunch of colors on it and it's thinner than those pancakes from last weekend, then that's the worst crimp tool on the spectrum. But it's better than, dang it, Cletus, I told you to put that hammer away. Anyways, a genuine crimp tool like the set of Klein I'm holding up for our live audience here, and these are the ones that I swear by. And in fact, uh, guys, these are my most favorite tool of all. These uh, I've had for nearly 20 years uh, they've got a lot of miles on them, and my goodness, I use them for just about everything. There are many manufacturers out there, so go to your local tool supply or Home Depot or Lowe's to find one for your own toolbox. Although using an insulated crimp connector works just fine as an acceptable means of making an electrical connection, there should be additional measures taken when connections are going to see the elements or reside in the inch compartment. Since these connections are more prone to oxidization, corrosion, vibration, heat, moisture, and basically everything that's not good for a connection, we want to isolate them as much of that as possible. This can be done by using silicone filled crimp connectors or heat shrink tubing or shrinking the heat shrinking the connection after you've crimped it or you can even solder it. Proper soldering techniques don't take long to learn but if you do it wrong you may not know until it's too late. Soldering iron should be in contact with the twisted connection until the solder liquefies and is drawn into the joint. Once things have cooled the connection should be sealed using shrink tubing. We don't have enough show for me to go over everything you guys need to know to tackle any electrical job on your Jeep or any other vehicle for that matter. But at least now you know one more thing not to do. All right, Jeepers, and if you let me know if you guys have any tech questions at all, if you'd like them answered here on the show, just send me an email to jeeptalkshow.com with the subject line, Tech Talk.
0: I have a question. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, when I did my off-road lights, I Mm -hmm. um, soldered, I each shrunk.
2: I Good job. Wow. Them. Yeah. Going the extra
0: there's mile. A, yep. There's a whole blog post on it. I was very proud of myself.
2: Good job, Tammy.
1: So my question is, Josh, is there, can you use any scotch tape or does it have to be the brand scotch <laughs> that you use?
2: Just a little hairspray over the connection. That should do it right there. <laughs> See, that's what I was waiting
1: when you were talking about that 93 that you had in your garage. I was waiting for you to say, and the scotch, the tape was, on there was scotch tape. <laughs>
2: and, uh, it might as well have been, guys. Now, I, look, I do a lot of side jobs. And, and for those of you who are new to the show, I worked in the automotive industry for over a decade. A I hold a like, first-class MECP <laughs> for, uh, certification. Uh, it's basically one step below a master's degree in mobile electronics. Um, I, I definitely know what I'm talking about when it comes to this sort of stuff. And I've worked on hundreds, if not thousands, of vehicles in my life. So uh, I certainly have the experience behind it to, to back up what I'm talking about here, folks. But if you guys ever have any questions about a build or about anything tech-related in your Jeep or uh, your automotive world, by all means, just shoot us an email. Be happy to take it on. Do you ever take a shortcut on your wiring, Josh? Never. No, because, I mean, look at it this way. If something happens you have to go back and troubleshoot. You have to go back and fix. You have to go back and yeah. undo. And if right. you've done things right, it makes it easier to do that sort of things. And when you cut corners, you do things wrong, you're basically creating more work for yourself, if not at that moment, later on down the road.
1: Something, uh, something gets uh, uh, pinched, uh, something that wasn't, uh, you know, you figured that it wasn't going to be an issue, uh, even with your years of experience. And then you quickly, uh, you know, strip it, uh, twist it together, and push it out of the way so it doesn't uh, shorten anything. Look, I've I've
2: rushed installs because of time frames and stuff like that, but um, typically what I will do, if I'm running into a situation where it's like, okay, look, we're not going to have time to do this or I'm running out of time or something like that, I will opt to get to a good stopping point, make sure the vehicle is not only safe to drive but is also secure for the person and then I'll ask them to come back the following weekend or maybe the following night or or something like that. Yeah, that that makes perfect Uh, sense,
1: but I'm talking about your stuff because you're going to be
2: less cautious with your stuff because you're with it. Oh, I, I can do that later. I'm just no, curious. In, in fact, I'm even more anal. Um, the, the amount of, and I'll go into a little bit of this uh, later on in, in Campfire uh, side chat, but okay. um, the, the wiring, the pre-wiring that I've done on this Jeep is re- just ridiculous.
1: Well, I was just curious because just like Tammy earlier was saying she's never going to get stuck. You talk about <laughs> how much information and how good you are in the, the, the mobile electronics and stuff. I, I'm just I was just curious if there was something you, you ever did any shortcuts on because it's gonna come back and bite you. Murphy's Law is gonna get you. <laughs> every time. Every time, guys. <laughs> I sure hope it doesn't, though. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so anyway. All right. Well, well let's uh let's get over to some voicemails, Tammy.
0: Yep, we love hearing from everybody. So be sure and call our voicemail at 530-675-4102, or jump over to our website at Jeeptalkshow.com and leave us a message. Just click on the Leave Voicemail button on the right-hand side of the screen.
2: Hey, this is Tony. And I'm Tammy. And this is Josh. And you've reached our 24-7 voicemail line. You guys know what to do, so at the beep, leave your message.
7: What's up, guys? This is Kobe with Oregon Trail Off-Road. Today is day 32 on the trail. It's Tuesday, August 16th, I believe. Uh, As you know from last week's update, we finished the Oregon Trail about 10 days ago, so we headed down to the Ozarks. Um, Let's see here. Ozarks was awesome. We explored there for three days from about Thursday until uh, Sunday. Um, Ozarks are awesome. It's a lot like Oregon, a lot of trees, a lot of dense forest, not as much pine trees, more oaks, and kind of jungly, a lot of vines. Uh, I think the Ozarks thus far has been our favorite state, uh, even though it wasn't on the original plan because we were... Expecting to still be on the Oregon Trail by now, but finishing early allowed us to go have some fun and explore. Um, Lots of awesome terrain, washed out rocky trail, and I think we did eight river crossings, two of which were pretty intense. Um, And I think that was kind of an accomplishment for us. We don't have a whole lot of river crossings in Oregon. Uh, I'm sure there is some, but typically they're more of creeks, and these were rivers. So. I'm the guy that always walks the river, uh, in advance to make sure that it's not too deep, the current's, uh, not gonna sweep us away, and that, uh, there's no potholes or big boulders in the path that we choose to cross. But it's been epic, and we're now currently heading up to Grinnell, Iowa, where we're gonna meet some friends, uh, Yeti and Yellow, the chief called Yeti, and the Wild Yellow on Instagram. They're hosting an off-road slash gun event, and we got three days till we need to be in Independence, Missouri, so we're, uh, six hours away from Iowa right now. Gonna go check that out hang out with those guys, uh, kind of just talk to people, hang out, pump our story up a little more. So we're stoked. And uh, we will give you guys an update next Tuesday uh, as we're making our trek back to Oregon. So talk to you later.
1: Wow. That's excellent. Love the, uh, the very updates cool. guys. Thank you very much for taking the time to do that
2: for us. Heck yeah. No, they're making an uh, excellent time and, uh, and it sounds like they're having a lot of fun too. So glad things have been working, uh, working really smooth for you guys. And, and I can't wait to hear about their experience with the Jeep called Yeti and, uh, and some uh, g- guns and Jeep fun. That sounds <laughs> like an awesome time. Yeah, that the uh, Jeep called Yeti. You guys got to check out their Instagram page. A lot of cool stuff over there.
0: Yeah, definitely.
2: So uh, I
1: think it's great. Uh, I mean, you know, I don't know what kind of work uh, Kobe does, but uh, just for the, the sake of uh, uh, this little thing I'm saying, uh, can you imagine going back to the day-to-day grind, sitting in the cubicle.
2: No, man. But, oh, you, can, can you,
1: but you can remember the 30 or so days that you spent in this adventure.
2: And oh, it's gonna be calling to them endlessly, I'm sure. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So uh, great that they got out there and, and did all that. that is, uh, that's wonderful.
2: All right. No, and I, uh, I I do plan on uh, reaching out to those guys for a uh, uh, a wrap up interview. Oh, as you got to do a follow up when they get yeah. back into town and and the dust settles a little bit. I'm not going to hound them to, uh, right off the bat, but uh, but yeah, we'll we'll definitely have those guys back in studio here very soon.
1: I'm thinking if you have a way to do video, even just a little uh, a teaser video. Oh, sure. yeah. uh, the thing to do is to get some uh, some dust. And put on them, and then they can come in and say, hey, glad to have you back here from the, the trail. And they can pat themselves. Fresh and all off this, the trail. This <laughs> dust comes off of them. <laughs> all right, let's hear about uh, hear from Rob uh, in uh, San Antonio. Ron. Oh, I, is it Ron or Rob? Oh, I uh, think he typed it in wrong. It's uh, oh. Rob.
5: Oh, it is. My bad. Hey, guys, this is uh, Rob Gavince from
1: Hang on. I just got to say, Tammy, I haven't told you this. Never correct me on the air.
3: <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs>
5: Hey, guys, this is uh, Rob Govinson from uh, San Antonio, Texas. I was uh, listening to episode 241, and I'm really glad you all talked about uh, the Chief Commander. It's, uh, it's a vehicle that I've really been considering, especially now that uh, my ex has been sitting in the garage uh, with issue after issue. Just, uh, oh. Something, I guess, more reliable, but whatever. Anyway, um, I... I really think that Commander is, uh, is a solution for a lot of people. Um, right now, my uh, XJ will seat four comfortably. Um, we just had uh, a new addition to the family, my son Vincent. So now it'll be a little tight with that car seat in there. And I'm also one of those oddball uh, adults that has this really cool mother-in-law who uh, <laughs> likes to hang out with us, and I like having her with us. So that seven-seater is really looking, looking uh, attractive. And, uh, if, uh, you get well with a Hemi and that Climate Tech uh, ride I right hear it's, it's super, I guess, super reliable and, you know, really, we take care of you out in the trails. Um, Tammy hit the, the nail right on the head when she talked about uh, the trailer. If you do some, uh, some research, uh, a lot of people are building up those little four foot by four foot harbor, harbor freight trailers into, uh, mm-hmm. really good camping I guess, utility type trailers. I've got one in the garage that I've been working on myself, and hopefully I'll get that project done as well. Um, on a side note, I had uh, tried to get uh, some Jeep Commander owners to call in and give their uh, feedback on the Commander about a week or two ago. I started a thread in one of those uh, Facebook groups, and uh, I asked, you know, who, who's an expert? And, of course, everyone's like, oh, I'm an expert, I'm an expert. You know. And then once I... I uh, kinda threw in the Jeep Show thing, you know, hey, why don't you want to call in? Crickets, man. Nothing. Nobody was got <laughs> about anything. So I'm gonna go ahead and reference this episode two forty one again and hopefully we can get some people calling in and get more feedback on that commander. I'm sure there's a lot of people like myself who are really considering it. Thanks, keep on doing what you're doing, I appreciate it. Goodbye.
1: Well, thanks a lot for calling right. in well. again, Rob. Uh yeah, I'll tell you, <clears throat> I considered the the commander uh I guess the Jeep, uh, the Cherokee, was uh, uh, five, seven, nine years old. And I thought, uh, you know, it'd be nice to have a – it looks a lot like a Cherokee. And it'd be nice to have uh, a little bit larger vehicle, especially those ones that came with the uh, uh, multiple uh, – what do you call them? Not sunroofs, but they had – you could get them that had, like, everybody had their own little sunroof. And I thought that was really cool where you could just look up anywhere in in that uh, Commander and, and look out. Uh, and uh, I didn't know that it was IFS. Uh, they've had, uh, and, and when I say this, that they've had issues with the V8 that is in there. It's relative to the 4.0, so it's like um, the 4.0 is just amazing, and anything is paled uh, in comparison. So uh, you don't have to agree with that, uh, but uh, you know I think that it is so bulletproof. I'm, I'm hard on engines, and I really need something that's going to hold together for me. And uh, the 4.0 certainly has fit that bill for the most part. All right, let's get over to Steve. I think he was going to mention uh, some uh, uh, issues that we were talking about but between the automatic and standard transmission in a uh, Wrangler. Uh, some of the, the things that Ron uh, from Arizona had called in about and his high water crossings that he's planning on doing in his new Jeep.
4: Hi, uh, this is Steve, 4.3 LSJ, and I just wanted to make a comment about episode 241 uh, regarding transmissions and water. Um, first thing I'd like to say is that both standard and automatic transmissions have breathers on the top of them to uh allow the air pressure to uh, not build up or not draw a vacuum or anything like that, and uh, so when the, a transmission gets hot. Uh, The air inside gets hot, some of it goes out, and uh, when the transmission cools off, air goes into it. Either one of these particular uh, situations, the uh, water will affect temperature of the transmission. So if you have water over the top of the breather and on a hot transmission and it's there for very long, that transmission will draw water into it. Now, a standard transmission will run with some water in it for a little ways, and not a big deal. Automatic transmissions do not like water one bit. They just don't want to work. So in either case, if you're anticipating a lot of water, you need to uh, put a breather hose on them. The uh, thing about running standard transmissions in water, I've done a lot of it, uh, the rule is if you've got a flywheel that's submerged in water, you do not shift gears. You pick a gear and you stick with it until you get out because uh, once the clutch gets wet, it doesn't want to work. So uh, just wanted to leave you the the skinny on that uh, since there's going to be a little bit of confusion about uh, water and transmissions on Jeeps. Catch you all later. Bye.
2: That guy, he is a wealth of information. Thanks, Steve. Really appreciate you calling in and and, uh, chiming in.
1: Yeah, Steve has a lot of information, a lot of a lot of experience with Jeeps, all the way back to the fifties, I believe is correct. And uh, I'll just mention this: he drives an XJ,
2: and he wheels in the Rubicon. Oh, big that's time, the backyard guys.
1: <laughs> yeah, big time. Oh, and I'll throw in this with the Dana thirty five rear end. Oh, <laughs> that's right. I'm surprised he hasn't uh, killed himself. In half of California, when that Dana 35 blow, w- is going to blow. I'm
2: actually going to tell him he's got an 0331 head, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know him that well. All right, let's get over to John.
1: He has some more information about the commander.
3: This is John, pre-runner, 1982, and I'm calling in response to Trent's message about possibly using a Jeep Commander as a troop transport. <laughs> um, Commander is basically a 2005 to 2010 Jeep Grand Cherokee WK with a with a different body on it. It uh, shares drivetrain um, suspension and axles. I'm not up on the Grand Cherokees, but maybe Cody at trailchasers.net um, might have a little more information uh, as far as the reliability goes for the the engines that were available in the Grand and the and the Commander. I did find um, a website, xkjeeps.com. That's xraykilojeeps.com. has a lot of information for the Commanders and uh, the technical service bulletins for them as well, which may be of uh, valuable information. I've actually looked at a Commander myself um, as a daily driver, family hauler. In fact, I tried to talk my wife into getting one. And getting rid of her minivan, but she said oh, yeah. uh, she didn't like the way it looks. Now, to me, it looks like a Jeep Cherokee XJ. So I'm not sure really what she's trying to say. <laughs> Maybe it has something to do with the fact I've got three Cherokees parked in the driveway. I don't know. At any rate, um, it was also mentioned in that conversation um, about possibly a JKU, but that it only would seat five, and that is probably not going to be enough for your troop. Um, there is a kit. Um, bracket that you can add and uh, make a third row in the JKU. It uses a two door JK rear seat and uh, seat belts, but you'd have to source those separately. I don't know how much trouble that would be, and you'd also lose the cargo room, therefore requiring a trailer to haul any gear. So, probably not the best option, but for anybody out there that uh, may want to add some seating capacity to their JKU. Um, it's definitely out there. Uh, it looks like Terraflex makes a makes a bracket. It's about two hundred and forty five dollars, if I remember correctly. And there may be cheaper options out there. That's just the first one that I that I found. Uh, so anyway, just wanted to uh, put that out there for Trent. And uh, as uh, Nikki G would say, I'll chat at you later. So I'm
1: not certain about this. Um, haven't looked inside a Commander online at least in some time. But I don't think there's a whole lot of cor- uh, uh, cargo room in the seven-passenger seating versions.
2: No, I mean, you'll have about as much room left over as you would in a Wrangler. So you're not going to be fitting seven frame packs in there. And that This mm-hmm. is one of the things I wanted to talk about really quickly as to Trent's needs. Cody mentioned the Adventure Van or, or Sportsmobile is the uh, the company who makes those, uh, the like the F-350 or the E-350, rather. Um, Econo line van conversions, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tony, I was really surprised to hear you mention something like a Suburban, but I remember back in the day you were a GM guy uh, as well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, this, these are all definitely viable options, but if Trent is really kind of, you know, wanting to stick with the Jeep option, you know, something that nobody has mentioned so far is a decent roof rack. Look, if you have a decent roof rack up there and you have it like on a platform like a Commander or a JKU or something like that, you've got a lot of square footage of storage space up there you can fit every pack probably a couple coolers and just about all the camping gear that you're going to have and leave everything else open in the in, in on the inside uh for you know creature comforts snacks that sort of thing uh so you know it's not out of the realm of possibilities to be using a jeep for troop transport as it were but Seven seating, man, I mean, even in a JK, that's going to get really tight, really quick, even with the extra seat. And same thing in a, in a, uh, in a commander. And look, in, in my local Jeep clubs here, I've, I've had a couple guys that have had commanders, and neither one of them have had them for longer than a year. Uh, after about six or eight months, they both sold them. Um, and it was for various different reasons for both of them. Um, one of them was primarily gas mileage. It, uh, he claimed it was completely gutless and, uh, and the transmission didn't. I think he might have had like a CVT or something. I don't know. He just he had complaints about the transmission and it shifting. Uh, the other guy said that he would never take it off road uh, because of its weight. Uh, it didn't feel uh, very stable off-road. He didn't like the way that it handled off-road. It just was not an off-road vehicle to him. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, to each their own, and everybody's mileage may vary, but, uh, you know, I would say start getting out there and start getting some bodies and seats and start getting some test driving and maybe even, you know, grab some gear with you and see how much you can fit into a, somebody's Craigslist car. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to come over and test drive that vehicle with... Uh, Eight scouts and all their gear.
1: <laughs> we'll be back on Monday.
2: <laughs> well, and, and
1: you're kind of outlining the reason why I recommended the Suburban, Josh. Uh, I had an uh, an 83 um, Silverado short wheelbase mm-hmm. pickup truck, four wheel drive, had 36 and a half inch uh, tires on it. And even though I didn't have uh, seven passenger seating, I had three passenger right. seating. Uh, it's basically the same thing as a suburban. There sure is, yeah, and uh, with a lot more uh, seating and a bunch of cargo area. Plus, you can still put the rack on the top, right? And carry your house That's with right. you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, no, I mean, is it is it know. better than a Jeep? No, I, I don't think so. But in mm-hmm. my estimation, Jeep does not make anything that is good for off road and carrying a lot of people and cargo.
2: Yeah, right. it's just it's the wrong vehicle to fit that bill. So, you know, unless one of your scouts also has a license, uh you might be looking at two Jeeps.
1: Well, <laughs> another thing you could do is get you a Wrangler. Uh YJ would be an excellent choice. And uh get it uh put a tow bar on the front of it and hook it to the back of that Suburban and take it with you. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> now you got the best of both worlds. You get everybody out <laughs> there and then when you're uh actually off-road, uh, you can actually drive a lot of places that that Suburban won't be able to go because it's just too damn big.
2: Anyway, yeah, there's always to, a way. Yeah, I wanted to thank Ron really quick from uh, was the last week or the week before. Um, he mentioned uh, tread lightly principles in, in a uh, voicemail that he called in. I just wanted to thank him for that because there's not a lot of people that really talk um, about that or, or really make that call to action for making sure that you guys are staying on designated trails and not just you know pointing through the trees and pushing the skinny pedal. Um, you know it 's keeping the public lands open for public use guys, and it 's responsible off road use and Ron mentioned a little bit uh, a little bit about that, and I just wanted to thank him for that uh, because uh, that kind of mantra is what makes sure that we are able to have lands to play on and and parks to go to and stuff like that so ron, thank you for um for treading lightly as it were. Uh, So, and and of course, uh, Trent's thing as well, we've covered that, Um, and so I think we are all caught up with the voicemails and everything else, guys.
1: Yep, yep. Well, not everything. We're still going to talk something here about uh, Jeep Cherokee from stock to wheeler, and uh, this week we're going to talk about a winch. Now, we've talked about winches in the past, but I don't believe we've ever talked about synthetic versus cable now I I guess everybody has an opinion about this you've probably already read a lot about it if you're if you're researching it or perhaps you're just new to the whole idea but uh, basically there's two things you can pick from you can pick the standard steel cable or you can pick the synthetic rope which is uh, as strong as the cable but it has its own issues so as far as winches go I personally think every off-roader should have have one even if it stays in the cargo area tied down securely. You don't want that becoming a projectile, people. Uh, And it will if it's not secured. Uh, The winch is just too great a tool not to have when you go off-road and in emergency situations. And sometimes those two things happen at the same time. You can use a winch on-road as well as off-road. You could actually save somebody's life with a winch. You could take their life if you're not careful. So make sure that you're very, very cautious when using the winch, whether it's on-road or off. So the question I posed today is what kind of line should you use? Steel or synthetic? Synthetic is lighter, easier to handle than steel, and won't snap back at you when it breaks. However, it's more prone to abrasion and should be inspected regularly because of this reason. Now, steel can fray and poke your little hands, so good gloves should be worn when handling steel cable. Also, if it breaks, unless you have a dampener over the cable, Someone or something is gonna. It may get hurt. Uh, I've seen. I think we've all seen the videos where the the cable goes through the back window of a uh, of the vehicle that the, the winch was either being pulled or pulled from or pulled to. So uh, there is a lot of energy in that steel when it whenever it breaks. So you really need to use a dampener, and it actually can be anything. Uh, even a, a, jo- uh, a coat uh, hung over the middle of the cable will be enough to stop that thing from snapping around. So, I love the idea of a synthetic line. However, until they come up with something that outlasts steel, I'm going to stay with the, what the commercial users of winches use, steel. So, where did that go wrong? Let me know or add to what I've said. Just email me at info at jeeptalkshow.com with stock to wheeler in the subject line.
0: Um, I have a quick question. Um, I just posted a picture on my Facebook page. It's a purple synthetic line oh
1: beautiful for you you, yeah so
0: i just added it to my wish list but as i'm looking through it says plasma plasma rope is that the same thing it's
2: probably just a brand name like you know like xerox or okay or are
1: they're trying to fancy up the purplish thing there it's like it's a purple plasma color uh but no it's probably a brand name like what josh is saying
0: okay
2: so which one do you think you, uh, josh you have a winch but you
1: don't i use do have a winch and
2: I, i've got cable on there i've always ran cable i look i mean synthetic definitely has its place and i believe it's in the competitive off-road world yeah. um you know when seconds mean points when you're when you're spotter or when you, you need a recovery and you gotta you gotta hustle some cable up a trail yeah. yeah, it's a lot easier if you got a free spool with synthetic rope going up instead of, um, you know, instead of dragging cable. But at the same time, you know, if you're in competition, you probably have the ability to refresh or replace that, um, that synthetic line mm-hmm. once or twice a year, every other, every other, you know, race, whatever. Um, you know, us regular guys can't really afford to do that. We don't have the sponsorships, and we certainly don't have the uh, three four hundred dollars a pop. To throw it synthetic line to, to, re, to redo the winch in. So, uh, you know, I like cable. You can find um, guys who have replaced their, their brand spanking new cable with synthetic line. You can get that cable yeah, on, you know, true. from Craigslist or eBay or something like that for real cheap. A lot of the times, you know, for what you'd spend on one synthetic rope, you could have three or four different sets, lengths, and thicknesses of cable for your winch. So, plenty of backup and uh, strength and of course reliability too.
1: I think a lot of that has to do with hey look at what I got. Uh not so much uh how good it is to use.
2: Yeah, I would agree.
0: Hey folks, now it's time for something we look forward to each and every week and that's hearing from the mind of Nikki G.
7: From the mind of
6: Nikki G. Hey, this is Nikki G and uh couple of things this week just want to say uh thanks to cody for filling in for josh uh, you did a pretty good job you're a natural for this uh maybe you should consider starting your own podcast ah i'm just joking i know what it's like to have uh, a new hatchling at home and people counting on you well i just know what it's like to have a new hatchling at home
3: <laughs> <laughs>
6: and with that said uh uh Ron called in a few weeks ago and called in several times looking for advice and opinions on uh, what kind of Jeep he should get. And I didn't really get a feel for for what he needed until he was talking about his uh, deep river crossings and water up to the dashboard and having to abandon a Jeep because it was underwater. And uh, so I come to the realization that uh, the Jeep you were looking for is called a boat. Uh, they they float pretty well. Jeeps usually don't float well. Uh, if they did, Wayne would have escaped to New Zealand a long time ago. <laughs> All right, boys and girls, I will uh, chat to you later, and you have a good one. Bye. Wow, that's a lot of
1: bass
2: in that uh, in that call. I think that he was like right. I mean, it sounded like he was in mid-flight. Right, like right <laughs> by the engine, getting sucked into the
1: intake <laughs> of a jet, stowing <laughs> away in the cargo area. <laughs> I recently complained to the four by four podcast about, uh, them hitting their microphones or hitting the desk while they're doing the show. Cause I listen listen to it in the Jeep and I complained from the standpoint of, I drive a lifted Jeep. I have to check and see if they fell off my Jeep, whenever you guys bump the desk. <laughs> Cause it's like <laughs> that bass is really, really loud. So my apologies to you guys, uh, for, uh, uh Nikki G's background noise. If you're listening in a lifted Jeep or a lifted anything for that, as far as that goes. All righty, well, let's get over to uh, Jeep Mama's product review.
0: Okay, Dan from the 4x4 podcast mentioned a while back about Blue Ridge Overland gear when we were talking about storage in the Jeep Wranglers. So I had to check them out, and I bought some of the Velcro storage and the Molly storage bags from them. Well, Tony recently purchased the seat back panel from them, and he has it on the back of his driver's seat correct? Passenger. Passenger seat and he uses them on his passenger seat and I really liked what he had done however I decided to see if they would work on my second row of seats so my panel would be in the trunk of the jeep and it works perfect it's the seat back panel I got the 14 inch by 20 inch black and it secures around the headrest um, with adjustable one inch webbing and Seven rolls of Molly webbing. There's two, two or three rows of one inch um velcro webbing, so I can just stick those velcro um bags on it. Um and it's designed to hook and loop the Molly bags. Anyway, it's made in the USA, and I'm gonna share my pictures on my blog post next week to see so you can see how cool it looks for the storage in the back of my Jeep Wrangler. And that's at www.jeepmama.com and you can also check out some other great Molly storage products at blue dot yeah
1: i like mine i need to uh i need to get another one uh, and they have more more things besides that uh there's a little right. overhead uh for your visor a uh, little wrap around you can put maps and uh pencils and things in there that's uh, that's quite nice i got one of those for my uh my wife's tj cuz i know she likes to store a lot of things like that So, uh, yeah, go over to check it out. Uh, Very nicely made stuff. All U.S. uh, made, by the way.
2: Is it cooling off yet? I'm ready for it to be cool.
0: Oh, my goodness. It's horrible. I'll tell you
2: what, relocating the fan in my studio has definitely helped out a little bit. But, uh, oh, man, I'm going to be jumping in a cool shower as soon as we're done.
1: So, where did you find a plug out here in the woods for your fan?
2: (laughs) It's it's solar powered.
1: <laughs> You're breaking that third uh, was it th- the third wall or ruse Josh? <laughs> Get back in character. <laughs> so we're out here by the campfire because this is the campfire so side
2: shot. You guys remember side. a couple weeks back when you were making fun of me about overheating? Yes, I do. Uh, we, well, we found out why. You. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so I found out what was going on actually. So. Okay. uh In in tinkering around with it, because I really didn't want to start going through all the (laughs) same stuff Tony did, I I, I started uh, with some simple troubleshooting uh, first to figure out what was going on, and I discovered very quickly uh, that my auxiliary fan wasn't turning on. Um, The relay that controls that was sticky, or was going out, or maybe the the connections were just slightly oxidized enough to where it wasn't making a, a good connection in any case. Um, I uh, very quickly determined that that relay needed to be swapped out. In doing so, I, uh, the fan came on almost immediately. So, um, And I've driven the Jeep a couple times since, and even uh, one trip down south to my state's capital for a big Jeep show uh, this last weekend, and uh, the, the temp never creeped past 215. So, I, I, uh, and, it, and that was even on the way back in 90-plus degree heat with a Jeep loaded full of DJ gear. Um, definitely bogged down and uh and it did just fine. So, um yeah, I am I'm really not worried um about it uh, about it overheating anymore.
0: So, when it, Oh, thank when, God.
2: So, yeah. so, so, when it <laughs> when it was overheating, Josh, were you running the AC? No, the AC hasn't worked in years because uh a car had picked up some piece of metal or something like that years ago after I it was I think it was the first year I got I had the Jeep and uh, a big chunk of steel came bouncing down the freeway and just right through my condenser hmm. so my my ac hasn't worked since i do have a spare condenser but you know it's it's getting that in and then you know evacuating the system getting new ac in it and it's, it yeah it's not a high priority right now so the reason why i ask is because that's the main purpose of that electric fan uh, yes it, the, that the auxiliary fan turns on with two things one when the temp gets too hot or two when you turn on the AC but not just when you turn on the AC the compressor actually has to turn on exactly in order for that to uh, in order for that to control the auxiliary fan so in my case since there is no freon in my system um, the pressure switch the low pressure switch on the low pressure side, um, it prevents the AC compressor from turning on. Thusly, if I turn on my AC on the dash, obviously nothing's going to happen, Mm-mm. and the auxiliary fan is going to turn on either.
1: Now you probably remember this, but there is a post that I put up on XJTalk.com that will show you how to wire in a switch so that you can. Oh, I manually I did a, turned, I did a on a quick little
2: the, fused jumper thing to test the function of the relay and the circuit first and foremost. But yeah, I could very easily tap that in and uh, tap a switch into that circuit and. And, uh, and have a little, you know, oh, geez, it's getting a little too hot switch on the dash or something like that. So,
1: Well, uh, what I was going to say is is that you, if you look at that post, you can uh, see how to do it where it doesn't throw a check engine light. Uh, so yeah, that, that's uh, the common issue with uh, putting in the override switch. Now, if you have a properly working uh, cooling system, you shouldn't need to do that. But in Josh's right. case, he doesn't have an AC unit that can, you know, moderate that when it's really hot outside so you know he could actually manually tell it to turn on and frankly josh i don't see a downside except maybe in winter time uh not having it on all the time you could just have it yeah. have it on all the time and you'd be uh there would be no reason because at 220 is whenever it kicks on right there's right. no reason to let the let the engine heat up to
2: 220 i think anyway no no and it would actually be hard to get that if you as long as your thermostat's doing what it's supposed to be doing so I'm gearing down from DJing and I'm gearing up for a camping trip. In fact, uh, oh, the good. jeep is loaded as we speak. I'm going to be heading out into the uh, Mountain Hood National Forest r- immediately after work uh, tomorrow, and uh, going to be getting out into the wilderness and uh, and becoming one with the trees.
1: Now, this was well, a, a long term joke, but don't forget your pillow this time. <laughs> <laughs> he had to use a trash bag and uh, pine cones last you, Tony. time.
2: <laughs> Love you, man. Love <laughs> you, man. No, I, I think the last three times I've gone camping, guys, I've forgotten my pillow. So, and every time Just I've come back, and shirt. I've about it. <laughs> 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 no, I have. I, you know, wadded up a hoodie or something like that, and yeah, and, and I mean, it's it, it it'll, it'll do, but. You know, well, nothing replaces a pillow. I was
1: gonna say. I mean, I have to have my pillow. I mean, the mattress uh-huh. where I, what I sleep on may not be so such a big deal, but the pillow is so important to actually getting asleep
2: and staying asleep for me. Hey, and real quickly, I know what's up with my oil pressure issue too. At least I'm pretty sure, uh, but that'll have to wait till next week's show. And I have to give a special shout out to Lux Lighting Systems. Um, I just told you guys that last week I was down uh, in Salem for a big Jeep show. is the fifth annual Salem Jeepers Summer Jam. And, uh, and I've been at that show, DJing it and MCing it uh, all five years. Well, this year it was the biggest and best they've ever done. Over 150 Jeeps on the lot, um, well over 300 people uh, in and out, um, tons of vendors. And in fact, Lux Lighting Systems was one of the people who um, were running a special deal during the show. Um, while we were running the show, um, they said, hey, anybody who makes any purchases uh, on, our, on, on our webpage during the show... Um, using a special code, it gets an automatic 25% off. Wow. And so they did, of course, they did really well uh, because I was uh, promoting that about every 30, 40 minutes. Well, they really liked um, what I was doing for them. And they said, hey, we'd like to thank you for all the promotions and everything. We didn't ask you to do that, but you know, you did a great job. Is there anything that we can do for you? In fact, here we insist, take this. And they gave me one of their sets of the Max. Um, rock light systems. Now uh, Lux lighting systems does a lot of auxiliary lighting and primarily rock lighting but they also do things like um, accent lighting for boats and, and, uh, and UTVs and, and things like that. Well their their Mac system is one of the brightest systems on the market. and these LED pods um, that they have for their rock light system is are they're absolutely tiny. I mean they're they're only about three fingers uh, long and about a finger wide and they're supposed to be extremely bright. Well I haven't put these in yet. My Jeep is already pre wired for the system, um, but I have not yet installed these. As soon as I do, I will definitely be giving a full report on them and, of course, reporting on the longevity of them and their brightness as well. So you guys can look forward to a review of the Lux Lighting Systems Max Rock Light system here in the near future. Cool.
0: Well, I know we're running short on time, and I'm just going to quick tell you I have a couple issues with my Jeep. My off road lights got stuck on. So I'm looking into that. that. Yeah. I I don't know if it has anything to do with going through the little flooded water that I went through, the videos on my Facebook page, or that my son was twiddling with his feet near the wires and did something. But anyway, plus my tire light is on. I don't know if I have a leak in one of my tires. I'm getting that checked out. But the main thing, I was having a hard time finding purple paint. Yeah. Everybody came out of the word work looking at Lowe's for <laughs> ah, me, right finding on. links. So here's can one, can two, can three, and there's four more cans on my table.
2: There's going to be a and purple, purple ax these later, folks. So when uh, Tammy's got purple so teeth actually, i I'm going to be next week's show, driving.
0: Huh? to texas and i think i'm gonna spray paint somebody's chair <laughs> oh. <laughs> anyway i'll fill you guys in next week about my job oh hey issues. that's the
2: valspar that's the stuff that i was telling you about right on
0: yep yep yep
2: good find tammy well glad uh, glad the jeep community came out and uh and was able to help you out good job guys way to help out yep, Tammy. thanks everybody well, well uh, that's Go ahead, Tony. I just want to make sure
1: you guys know that the Jeep Talk Show is an audio podcast as well. If you're watching us on YouTube and you want to know what the Jeep Talk Show uh, is also available in audio-only format, great to listen to while commuting or while working on Jeep. Your Jeep. Subscribe via iTunes, tuned in, Google Play, or Stitcher, and never miss an episode. I've been promising you guys we are going to be on iHeart. Uh, I checked with Lipson. They said if you if you're not on there by the end of the week, let us know. So um, I'm expecting a hit squad or something to, to go over there. So we should be on iHeart very, very soon.
2: Hit squad, <laughs> and the Jack-booted thugs
0: showing up.
1: Oh wow, that's that's kind of a uh, uh, the. Isn't that the movie that's on? That's yeah, I like that. I did a good job there.
0: Suicide Squad. Oh, very so
1: good. close. Never correct me on the air. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> speak- oh, too. <laughs> Speaking of subscribing, you now can subscribe with your money. Yes, you can contribute directly to the show via PayPal. Just go to JeepTalkShow.com and look for the little orange button that says subscribe. You can select 25 cents a week up to $1. Every cent goes right back into the show, so rest assured it's going to be used a good use bring uh, your new content all the time. Since the show is weekly, your account will be charged weekly as well. And don't worry, there's no commitment canceled at any time. Even if you don't subscribe, we always appreciate you taking the time to listen to our show.
0: Hey, and did you know it can take up to four days for your favorite podcast episode to show up on Apple iTunes? It's true. iTunes is a great free service, and we appreciate Apple for all the hard work they do. But we want our listeners to get the Jeep Talk Show as quickly as possible. That's why we are recommending that all of you, use, all of you iTunes users subscribe to our podcast. No multi-day delay. You'll get the newest episode much quicker. Open up iTunes, search search for the Jeep Talk Show, and hit subscribe. And never miss a great, funny, informative podcast again.
2: And speaking of subscribing, make sure you guys subscribe to our YouTube feed, youtube.com slash Show. Get those subscriptions in, guys. For every 100 subscribers, we get a cookie.
1: Uh. So join the Jeep Talk Show team. We are looking for volunteers to manage our vast social media presence on the web. You can be part of the uh, Jeep Talk Show's social media voice. Send an email to info at jeeptalkshow.com to find out more. And thank you very
2: much for PAG Freak for joining the team. And hey, guys, if you want to find out more about me, make sure you guys head over to thevoiceofjosh.com.
0: And you can check me out at www.jeepmama.com.
1: Oh, and I didn't want to miss this. We want to do a shout-out to another Jeep podcast. Uh, It's the Northwest Jeepcast. Uh, You can go over to uh, www.nwjeepcast.com and listen to Gary and Gary. No, I'm not kidding. They're both named Gary. (laughs) It doesn't get confusing at all, though. They do a great job over there. It's great to have another uh, great Jeep podcast to listen to. So until next week, you guys have a great Jeep week. We'll see you next time.